That can hold for the electrical box. It's round. So? So, haven't you ever seen an electrical box? It's rectangular. What, this won't work? The only thing this is going to work for is a glory hole. A glory hole? What's that? Where the hell did Jack find you, anyway? Santa Monica Boulevard. Figures. Well, you just go put your face up to that opening, and I'll show you what a glory hole is used for. <laughs> Listen, Winnie. Listening to Synchronon. Sick and Ron. Yes, you're listening to Sick and Ron. The Sick and Ron, the world source for antisocial commentary. Scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. Hi, I'm Kate Rambo. Hiya. What's the crack there, Kate Rambo? Um, well, I'm wishing it at the party across the way, hosted by Hot Puss. <laughs> that's uh, that. That's the woman that uh, that lives across the. Uh, I guess across the. She's the across next the way apartment, neighbor. across the yeah. way, like in the apartment that's to the left of our building. But a, a, a very sexy young lady moved in there. And yeah, we're going to talk on the second show about how D is breaking all. You just don't know how to be a peeping Tom, whereas I feel I'm next level expert at peeping Tomery, whereas I, you're shockingly shit at it. I don't think there's anything wrong with me watching this woman with my pants down. There's nothing wrong you're with that. You're being so obvious about it. You're going to ruin the fun for me. I want hot puss for myself, and you're ruining it. Yeah, she was doing... Uh, well, we talk about this in the second show, but yeah, she was doing all this like yoga exercises. And then she was... T- she got her ass out, and you missed her ass, but I saw her ass. I saw because her... Because like I said, I'm a next-level peeping Tom. Yeah, you were like staring. You were staring at her, but like out of the corner... And I was trying, I don't know what I was trying to do. I was trying to do something. I was like multitasking. So I'd have to like turn around and look over. And you've got this huge Jew gorilla head. It's like anyone could see. Anyone could see. <laughs> I do have a big head. Him. However, I question um, how much glare is on, the, on her window when she tries to look over. Like we had, we had our lights off. So I'm First not sure. rule of peeping Tomery. If you can see them, then you assume that they can see you. Well, she didn't see me, and I was able to get a full wank off. <laughs> no, you didn't. And I'd like a little more assistance on your end with that <laughs> next time. But yeah, there is a party going on, so you might hear some shouting. Yeah, you might hear some excited kids. I'm just wondering if it turns into a sexy party Well, if it does, midnight. you have to listen to all my rules about being a good peeping Tom, because I'm good at it, so you just have to listen to me, and that way we can enjoy the show. We'll find out on Second Show why Kate Rambo is such a good peeping Tom. <laughs> anyway, one more week left of uh, Halloween. One more week left of the Halloween month You mean here Spooktober? Yeah, Spooktober. Just got one more week left. It hasn't felt very Halloween-y this year. I don't know if that's... We haven't, uh, last year we went walking throughout like Beverly Hills and like people had tricked their houses out, remember? And there was just so many good like dioramas on people's lawns. But we haven't really been walking throughout Beverly Hills or anything like that. Well, so we we've been doing Halloween many. events, though. We like, have. We've definitely done some Halloween events. Yeah. And tomorrow we're going to uh, Reign of Terror, which is the largest haunt in SoCal. I've actually never been to that one. 
It's inside an old shopping mall, isn't it? Yeah, they converted this abandoned shopping mall into this like massive haunted house. Like we, we talk about it on the second show, but Lenora and her husband invited us to go, so that should be interesting. So is it zombies as what I would picture it should be, or is it ghosts? It should be zombies. I think it? it's like monsters and just like all all kinds of beasties. Are we allowed to take in a baseball bat to like hit them and stuff? Because that would be even no. There's better. no contact on either either end. Like they're not allowed to touch you. I think there's just a lot of jump scares. I think it's a lot of like them just jumping out at you. This is the future of paintballing. Okay, it should be old abandoned malls like that. It should be zombies, and you should have paintball guns, and you should be going in there to kill all the zombies. But a zombie could come up and bite you, like physically bite you, like break. Like break the Well, I mean, skin. they wouldn't break skin, but I imagine they would probably put some like of those blood pellets in their mouth and then they would be like, rah, and spit blood on you. And that's you. You've been bitten by a zombie now. And now you can either have a choice of you become with the zombies and go and get your other teammates or you can fight until like you get an extra 15 minutes and then you're out the game. They do. They have like big, massive paintball um, like sets over here. Like you can do like a Kosovo set. You could do yeah, like a Middle say, East Vietnam. set. Vietnam. You could do a Vietnam, like a Vietnam, Vietnam set. You I want to be in the trees, Sarge. That's what I want to be. I want to be you, inside the trees. You can go do that all you want. I will not. I am I've the done size. it before and it just sucks. Yeah, but I'm the size of a, in, of a Viet Cong person and I feel, I look really good with a bandana as well and I feel that maybe in a past life, even though I don't believe in past lives, I believe I was a Viet Cong member. I can just envision the complaining once you get a welt <laughs> by getting hit like in a cheek from a paintball. You'll be complaining for the next I've like six before. months. What are you talking about? I imagine there was a lot of complaining. Mate, I'm from North. Do you know how many paintballing things there are outside? I have no, no clue because I don't care. Like I couldn't care year. less about paintball. It's fun. It's fun with the right people. I've it's done fun. it before and it sucks. And I, could, I just have no interest. With school, and, it's and not that, fun. That or laser tag. I just don't care about oh, I like either one tag. of them. We call it Laser Quest. Yeah, they do Laser Tag here too. You can go... No, it's Laser Quest. You can go get your your, your, your group of nerds and go LARP in the fucking Laser Tag or That's, you can go you LARPing LARP. and it's more or less LARPing. We had a really good Laser Quest in Carlisle and um, the guys used to get you pumped up and it would play like the alien pumped space up. theme music. Yeah. And they'd just be like, you're going into war right now. You have no more friends. They're LARP. all enemies. It's, no, it's fun. It's like, do you know what? Everyone is my enemy. And I'm going to kill them all. You can go do that all you want. I couldn't care less. I'll chill here and watch the hot chick across the way with my pants down. No. Do you know what you'll see? <laughs> you'll see me and the hot chick become best friends and go paintballing together. I doubt it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool haunts. And we've done a lot of uh, um, uh, we've done a lot of events this year. We're going to Fright Fest. Uh, yeah, Magic, yeah, Magic Mountain. We're going to San Diego for the big Rocket from the Crypt Halloween party. We did uh, Angel of Light. But yes, I guess uh, I guess you could say that um, um, there aren't there aren't as many decorations in the city. But that's that's typical though. Even with like Christmas, and you know, not that many people. Probably more people decorate for Christmas in the city than they do for Halloween. That's a shame because Christmas is is a sham, and I hate it. <laughs> we all know your feelings on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think if you go in the valley, though, if you go out like out of the city towards the valley, like Thousand Oaks, like where we're going to be for Reign of Terror, you'll see a lot more decorated homes because that's where families live. Good. I, like well, who, the was... fuck, who the fuck's going to decorate their apartment building that they don't even own? We did see some cool uh, dressed up apartments in Burbank. I'm just remembering that now. Well, there's probably homes that people have some stuff outside. But I think once you go further out in the valley, that's when people go all out. 
Good for them. Because it's your home. Like, I'm not going to decorate this building. I fucking couldn't care less about this building. You could put some decals in your window. I suppose I could put some lights on my uh, balcony. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't really care. You're a bloke. Blokes don't do shit like that. Yeah, I don't. no one really decorates. I just don't see many people decorating the city. Although, I know when uh, there's a certain neighborhood in Thousand Oaks that's known for their Halloween decorations and their Christmas decorations. It's like a destination that people go to. Because it's this one street and everyone goes all out. And it's like a competition. I was about to say, is it a healthy competition between the neighbors to just beat them every year? Because I'm th- down for that. I think it's just bragging rights. I don't know if it's like a sanctioned competition with like awards. I think it's just bragging rights. Like It'll whoever be a comp- bests each other. It will be a competition between them. And sometimes that's all you need. You don't need awards. You just need a rivalry between you and them. And I think it's the community acknowledges like, whoa, you were so much better than the Wilsons this year. Thank you. You kicked their ass. Yeah, we fucking and did. And the Wilsons are like, fuck them. We're it'll, getting them next year. It'll be like, we're going to go to Japan next year and we're going to come back with all these light shows that you can't even get in Britain. And that's how we'll win, honey, next year. Do people decorate their homes like in England? No, you know this. You know Halloween doesn't exist. No, I mean there. for Christmas. Oh yeah, Christmas people tend to go all out, all out. So you do see a lot of lights and the Santa and all that stuff. Yeah, there was always at least like you know five or ten houses that would be dressed up, like really dressed up. When I'd be walking to work, I do the one thing I do like about Christmas is the fairy lights. But you don't just need to have them up at Christmas. I have fairy lights up all year long. But do people like fairy. get up on the roof and put all the lights up on the roof? Yeah. yeah. People oh, do all so that. they do go all out. But I know. I remember when I was there for uh, over Halloween. There's some people had some spooktacular decorations. A couple skulls. I saw some black cat decals. Usually, the people who bother to put Christmas lights up are also putting up Halloween stuff. Yeah, same kind of thing. But yeah. I think if you have kids, you tend to do it. Yeah, although Halloween just really isn't a thing. Guy Fawkes night though is a thing. And I'm going to miss that. Do people that. decorate for Guy Fawkes? No, but you will, like, if, I don't know, if you've got a garden large enough, you'll be stashing, you'll have been stashing stuff all summer to throw on that pyre. Yeah, you have the bonfires, but do people put, like, you know, like, uh, no, there's like no merch. Different decorations, there's no, no merch, merch or anything like that. They, they haven't managed to merchandise. As far as someone Guy hasn't Fox tried to yet. commercialize that holiday. You mean an American? An America, they totally would. You look at what they make you buy for Fourth of July and fucking all the shit for Christmas and Halloween. I mean, when do they start selling shit in August? Yeah, it doesn't seem to last long enough. Halloween in Britain, and then it's just like I bet you after like January, start of January, they'll start selling Easter shit, like cream eggs or something. Oh, is Easter a big thing? Do people decorate for Easter? People go all out for Easter, and I don't. We never did Easter at home. Easter still confuses me. I'm like, I don't know why we do Eastery things. I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense, especially now the Pope is like, yeah, some days it'll be on a different day of the shit. It's like, well, why don't we just cancel it? Well, they just co-opted Astara, you know, the pagan. Holiday. Yeah, but I, I still just don't understand what Easter is for and why we even celebrate it. Zombie anymore. Jesus Day. Yeah, but who the fuck, who who believes in Jesus? The same people who celebrate Tons of Easter. Christians. Loads of Christians believe Right, how in many Jesus. Christians do you actually know in Britain? Because I maybe know two. I don't know about Britain, but every everywhere else there's a lot of Christians. There's a lot of Christians in England too. Yeah, but it's all fakes. It's all fakes, mate. Because nobody believes in God, yet they're quite happy to stuff their face with chocolate and have a roast dinner on Christmas just because it's suddenly convenient. How do you for know them? they don't believe Down in God? They might have their own interpretation. Don't. You don't know. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of atheism. I would like everybody to be secular, but I don't know. People have their holidays. I've I've always been jealous of Easter just because of the candy. Because they do get good candy. What's the Jew version of Easter? We don't have 
Easter. We have Passover, but it's a completely different holiday. Not related whatsoever. Not even a little bit. But what are you celebrating for Passover? It's the Jews being persecuted and uh, having to escape uh, Egypt and wandering the desert for oh, 40 that, days. Oh, right. Is that Moses? Yeah. yeah. It's a very depressing holiday. <laughs> and I'd, I'd rather not get into it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, my parents never really decorated for the holidays. They were never one to really do it. I think mainly because if my parents did decorate for the holidays, they would never take it down. Yeah. And it would just be it just be these sad like rotting hell like Halloween decorations cuz we wouldn't take it down cuz we never did shit. And it's not like my brothers doing chores. Yeah. I so, just Yeah, my parents were just like, "Ah, fuck it, we don't really care." Oh, you just leave it up all year round. Yeah, I think my parents were just like, I, they just weren't into it." But there were a lot of homes. I I do recall a lot of homes in uh in in Bay City, Michigan would go all out for it. Good for, so were those houses the less likely to get TP'd or the most likely to get TP'd? I don't know, actually. I guess we would TP. We were rather indiscriminate with our TP. I was about to say, would it just... All year long, though, would you not just think, I don't like them, come devil's night, they're going to get it? I mean, I don't know. I think just devil's night, everybody got it. Right, everyone got a little smart. Everybody got it. That Everybody got some mischief. That doesn't happen in Britain either. Yeah, no Devil's Night there. Britain kind of sucks. Thankfully, you'll get, to, you'll get to experience that here. Can we go egg someone's house? Yeah. I've never egged anyone's house. <laughs> Actually, no, that's a lie. I have egged somebody's house. Never egged anyone's cars? No, he didn't have a car, but I have egged a house as a grown-up. So if we ever buy a home, are you going to decorate for Halloween? I will, I will leave it up all year round. We'll get some stuff and we can... I want to be the, the crazy goth couple who... I bet Lux and Ivy had left their shit up all year round. Will you be that one house on the block with such authentic, like, corpse decorations that someone's going to call the police? I always love those stories when that happens. <laughs> it happens here because you have, like, all these people that work in, like, special effects. Yeah, good for them. That put stuff out and people freak out about it. I think our house will be, like, you know, every day is Halloween. Of course. So, you know, we're always going to have this if we ever actually end up getting a home here, which I doubt. So anyway, this week on the show, we're going to chat about a manor deep in the backwoods of Georgia that looked like it was decorated for Halloween, or actually more specifically, decorated for gay satanic (laughs) rituals. Um, And it was called, this is the best part about this story, they called their manor Corpsewood Manor. Awesome. It's like the perfect name. This story has it all. This has Satanism, sex parties, slaughter. It's like it's, it, it hits a trifecta of and good, gays. sick, and wrong stories. Yeah, and gay sex parties is what I'm talking about. Lots of drugs, too. It hits, it hits all the buttons. It's a good one. Uh, so before we get into that, let's chat about something a little bit more titillating than satanic sex parties and our hot neighbor across the street. Hot puss. The sick and wrong patron. So if you listen to this show every week... You know, every, every Monday you download this and you listen to it and you want more, then all we ask for you is to sign up for the Sick and Wrong Patron or just go to Apple Podcasts and uh, subscribe to, to the second show. You'll be, you'll be fulfilling, you know, an emptiness inside of you by getting more Sick and Wrong and you'll be supporting a show that you love. It's a win-win situation. It is win-win. It really is. Uh, it's only a five, you know, it's only a fiver. It's like $5 a month. That's it. And what do you waste $5 a month on anyway? Oh, I can waste $5 just by sitting. Yeah, so for a few bucks <laughs> a month, living. that's it. 
You get access to Sick and Wrong Second Show. Uh, this week on Second Show, uh, we kind of go into detail about this, uh, the, some of the haunted attractions we're going to, Reign of Terror, um, as well as uh, Fright Fest at uh, Magic Mountain. Um, we also talk about uh, some of our uh, recent, I guess, tribulations running an apartment. God, we had to deal with such an asshole. Yeah. An old Jewish landlord. I've always said this. Never get a, never, never run a house from a Jewish landlord. Yeah, he was a dick. I'm not even trying to be anti-Semitic, even though that's kind of the term. The hot, that's like the hot term going around right now. I'm not even being anti-Semitic. This guy was a total dick. He was a dick. Um, so anyway, we get into that. And we get into uh, some of the, the old metal shows that Kate had to endure this past week. Sadly. <laughs> and we're definitely going to talk about hot puss and how to peep. I'm going to give you a lesson on how to be a good peeper. How to be a good peeper. I, w- I want to learn this. So, so people just head on over to uh, patreon.com slash sickandwrong. $5 a month to get access to Sick and Wrong uh, second show. Uh, you, you can also subscribe via Apple Podcasts. And for a few dollars more, you get access to uh, some of the bonus uh, material that we do, such as Sick and Wrong Overkill and uh, Serial Killer Star Signs. Didn't you put out a new episode this week? I did. Libra just came out for all you Libras out there. I don't want to spoil it. There's some good people in it. And including one of my favorite um, outlaws of all time. Kate spent multiple days producing this episode, so a lot of hard work went into it. Yes, it was a labor of love for the Libras. Even though I rag on the Libras a lot, I was like, I gave them a, it's over an hour long, so enjoy it. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. We do appreciate the support. So let me play this quick promo, and then let's chat about uh, gay sex parties, drugs, Satanism, and slaughter. Hey, Sick and Wrong listeners, if you're not currently a Sick and Wrong patron, you might be missing out on special moments like this one. Was she like hovering on top of you, like masturbating yourself and spraying it out? Or were you no, fucking was, her and then it like, was, just got all over? I was, fing- I was like fingering her and that's how she was like getting off. And was um, it just spraying like Evil Dead style? That's what I'm imagining. That's what I'm picturing. No, it wasn't crazy, but like you could tell it, would, like, it got pretty wet. Like a boot in like mud. Yeah, yeah. You know that sloshing <laughs> sound. You can tell. Yeah, like, like when you stir mac and cheese. Yeah, more, yeah. Right. more or less. It's the same kind of same kind of sound, but that's tasty. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, so then you shagged her a few times. Did you sneak out in the middle of the night, or did you wait for her to cook you some shrimp breakfast? She. <laughs> <laughs> shrimp uh... omelet for only five dollars a month. You can enjoy these special moments. A bonus news story, extra phone calls, and an hour's worth of outtakes every week at patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Sign up today, support the show, and keep it sick and wrong. So, Kay Rambo, this is actually a true story. The Georgia Corpsewood Murders. You go down Um, to Georgia. Yeah, if you go into Georgia, you can actually still go and check out Corpsewood. I would love to go check it out. Oh, is it an Airbnb now? No, it's just Should kind be. of like it's the ruins of the of this uh, manor, this house that they built. But the site's considered extremely haunted. And there's many strange tales that have been told by people who've wandered deep into the woods to go to uh, the Corpsewood Manor. And some people who have taken objects from the site have brought them back because they claim they're cursed. Is this like the new Evil Dead series? It could be. They sh- they should almost make this a make this into a series. I bet this would actually make a pretty good adaptation. Yeah. So the deaths of Charles Scudder, 
and Joseph Odom at the Corpsewood Manor in 1982 is still a controversial topic around Somerville, Georgia. Uh, some people still believe the convicted murderers should have been found innocent based on what the victims inflicted on them. Right. <laughs> uh, there's tales of satanic worship, rape, and drugging with LSD that obscured a lot of details of the crime and recast the victims, Scudder and Odom, as evil inhuman beings preying on uh, young innocent uh, people rather, rather than just the average gay couple that wanted to be like left alone to live their lives in the woods. It sounds kind of fun though. Like Satan, I'm in for it. Partying, I'm in for it. Raping, in the right circumstance. Murder? <laughs> I'm definitely in for a bit of the old murder. So before we get into the whole story here, how about a little bit of background Let's do it. On, the, on the two main characters, Charles Scudder and Joseph Odom. So Dr. Charles Scudder was born on October 6, 1926, to a very wealthy family in uh, Illinois. In his youth, he was a very intelligent man, uh, interested in almost everything. Um, he, uh, people who, uh, who knew him described him as being brilliant, polished, soft-spoken, but very confident. He studied drama, music, and art, but ultimately chose to pursue science as a career. Uh, he went to school at the University of Wisconsin for undergrad, and Loyola's Stritch School of Medicine, um, where uh, he got a degree in chemistry and a PhD in pharmacology. Right. Very so smart he, guy. And he knows how to create drugs because of this. Well, that's what he did. He actually uh, did do a lot of the uh, early research on LSD. Nice. And, uh, and its effects. Um, so Loyola University ended up hiring him as an associate professor of pharmacology. And for more than a decade, he taught students while maintaining a fierce regimen of research. So he's a very smart, committed guy. Um, meanwhile, personal, in his personal life, he had two early heterosexual marriages that never quite panned out. One wife died. The other one, I think, kind of realized, I don't think you're heterosexual. Yeah. However, she, they did have four sons, Saul, Gideon, Fenris, and Ahab. These are a good choice of names. <laughs> when have you ever met any of those people named those names? I'm, I think they're all biblical names, actually. He doesn't sound like a biblical fellow, but they're all pretty good names. Well, I, don't Gideon. Know if, I don't know if Ahab is. I mean, I, maybe they're actually, maybe they're names from, uh, from literature. Maybe. Um, so uh, while he was married and during the second marriage, uh, he had met a man named Joseph Odom. Very feminine man. 12 years his junior, mm. whom everyone just called Joey. Jojo. And so. Yeah, Joey was a fifth grade dropout with a bit of a criminal record. Uh, He served as a housekeeper and, quote unquote, companion for Dr. Scudder. Okay. Longtime companion. Uh, My favorite gay euphemism there. Um, Scudder wrote of Odom once in an article from Mother Earth News. He said, he learned far more about the world than I had with all my degrees. And somewhere along the line, he developed a talent for whipping up meals fit for a king. Oh, okay. Yeah, Joey was quite the chef. Uh, they shared quarters in an aging mansion that Dr. Scudder had purchased. Uh, this mansion was built in 1904, and it was designed by a student of Frank Lloyd Wright located on Adams Street on Chicago's west side. Delicious. That house would have been amazing in its time then. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a beautiful home, and uh, he had put a lot of effort into it. Um, it provided the space he wanted for all his various interests, including collecting antiques, producing his own paintings, playing the harp, um, and he had two huge English mastiffs. 
how do you find, he's kind of like Bella Lugosi is a modern man. How do you find time to do all this? It's like, darling, I'm just going to play my heart. It's a renaissance man. He is. Very cultured. Uh, the problem with this, though, is uh, Chicago's West Side was changing uh-uh. over the decades. It was becoming quite rough. It was deteriorating, in his opinion. And so, um, yeah, Dr. Scudder has kind of, kind of decided, like, I think I want to move. I think I want to get out of the city based on this. Now, keep in mind, uh, Dr. Scudder did have some secrets. So, one, he was a closet gay man. And, uh, that, and, and, and some people realize that, obviously, his, his wives I'm were... Just, I'm just putting this out there, that if a man plays the harp... He's a homosexual. Gotta be. It's a very it's 100% gay. It's, a giveaway. And collects antiques. Yeah. And produces, well, paintings is one thing, but playing the harp. And you know what else he totally did? This is another thing that proves a man is a homosexual. He wears a short-sleeved polo shirt, but then he ties the jumper around his shoulders. Well, a lot of preppy dudes it's, do that, too. It's very gay to do that. Um, but Odom, though... And this became quite clear. I, th- I think his children probably realized it too. Definitely his wife, his ex-wives did. It was more than just an employee of Scudder. I mean, mm-hmm. the two men shared a bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> But that was, his gay relationship was far from the only secret he had been keeping. He was also an official member of the Church of Satan. Oh, even better. Yeah, so in the late Sexy. 70s, he had joined the Church of Satan to see what it was like, according to his friend Raymond Williams. Um and that, that's the thing, though. You know, the, the religion, especially Satanism at the time, Levian Satanism, they don't actually worship the devil. We all know this. You know, they don't. It's more of just kind of like a symbol of humankind's achieving your inner desires, you know, and it's closely related to atheism more than anything else. It's a, it's a religion of indulgence. I don't prescribe to any religion. I think the world would be a lot better if nobody had any religion. But I've always wanted, like if I thought ever got a couple of extra spare hundred bucks to just, because you know, you write to them with the money and six weeks later, you should get your membership card. I just always thought, I'll do that one day if shits and giggles. Well, it was trendy at this time. Remember totally. Sammy Davis Jr.? A lot of people Jane were. Mansfield. Jane Mansfield. Jane Mansfield. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people were flirting with Satanism at the time. But Levian Satanism. Yeah. Which is different than what people would consider Satanism to be. But you know what? Dr. Scudder actually had varied com- uh, correspondence with Anton. Oh, amazing. So they had written to each other. I don't think they ever actually met. Um, and as I was mentioning before, at Loyola, Scudder's work was not typical of an academic, you know, PhD professor. Um, I mean, he performed government-funded experiments with mind-altering drugs like LSD and he had dyed his hair purple and kept a pet monkey. Okay, he's going a bit weird now. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe he's very progressive for his time or just a weird gay dude. Um, so around like the, I think it was like the end of the 70s, he was becoming disillusioned with the politics surrounding academia. And he found it tedious dealing with these demanding medical students. So he wanted a, more, a simpler, more provincial life in the countryside with his longtime companion, Joey. His butler. Yeah. Emphasis on the butler. As he put it, Scudder longed for an escape from the taxis, the light bills, the gas bills, the water bills, the heating bills, and the helpless feeling that resulted from watching his beloved neighborhood disintegrate into an urban ghetto. Oh, okay. You know, the same thing happened to my mom. I remember uh, she grew up, I think it was on the south side. And this is like in Chicago. Chicago's south side. She probably grew up in like the 50s, 40s, 50s. Um, and I remember like the, their family eventually had to move out of that area, but they owned like two buildings there. My grandfather owned a laundromat. 
And um, years later, I remember driving there with my mom and uh, my dad. We and my brother didn't go, but like me and my sister, and we were driving around just kind of checking out the old neighborhood. And my mom was just like, oh, it's awful. Roll up the windows, lock the doors. <laughs> it was like so ghetto. <laughs> well, that's what Elvis sung about. That's what In the Ghetto yeah, is about. Yeah, the south side of Chicago. Yeah. It, it was gnarly. Yeah, all the Jews left, moved out to Skokie, um, the suburbs. Anyway, Scudder's sons had grown. They had left home, um, you know, with their own pursuits, got married, Uh he was also reeling from the sudden death of his youngest son, Ahab. Oh, no. What happened to Ahab? I couldn't find out. Aww. I looked. I don't know if... I don't know what happened to Ahab. Just that his son died um, unexpectedly. He got hit by a bus then. Probably. That's unexpected. Probably. Um, so, uh, so Dr. Scudder decided to resign his position. And he wanted to live off the grid in a rural, self-sustaining type of setting. And so fed up with the frustration of academic research, he, de- he decided, I want to be surrounded by the beauty of nature and enjoy a measure of isolation. Can't fault him for that. No, I, I agree with it. I would love to live away from all the people. So he was only 50. You know, he wasn't even that old. And uh, what, Joey was 10 years. Joey would have been like 38. Oh, my God. It's like me and you. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, 12-year difference? Do we have, no, we're 10-year We're 10 years. We're 10 years. like me and you. Um, so he chose a secluded spot in the North Georgia woods to begin uh, his new life with his companion. So he bought 40 acres um, in northern Georgia, miles away from any neighbors. And uh, once he saw it, like he went to the land, he checked it out. He's like, I'm buying this immediately. And so he resigned. He sold everything that he owned, including the monkey. Good, good, because you uh, know how I feel about them. Set off with Odom and the two bull mastiffs to begin this new peaceful life in the Appalachians. Um, But when he left Loyola, he took a couple souvenirs, two human skulls. Nice. And about 12,000 doses of LSD. Even better. This is going to (laughs) become a party in the woods. So at first, the, the two men lived in a camper on the property, and they built... Corpsewood Manor, brick by brick by hand. But Just the two of them. This is stupid, boys. No, no, no. Don't do this. Get a contractor in. Get a team in. Get people who know what they're doing and they, they've got a completion date. Don't do this. I think this they isn't knew, grand I think fucking they knew designs. what they were doing and they built a How? beautiful home. Neither I've, of them have ever built a house. You have no idea. I don't know their background. I think Joey might have done... Joey's done a lot of different things maybe joey's done a bit of contracting work but i would never build a house from the having watched my dad get bell's palsy i would never ever build a house from the ground up. he probably got it from whiskey no my dad Um, got it from building houses but yeah so they built this mansion hand by hand is it was built out of love and the mysterious abundance of dead and dying trees on the property inspired them to name this this castle in the country Corpsewood Manor. It is a great Corpsewood. name. Yeah, perfect name. For, that's a perfect name for a haunted uh, house, too. It is, yeah. Um, as, and th- this is a quick aside. As they attempted to reach their, uh, their, their Corpsewood Manor, um, the first time when they first drove up there in their, in their camper, the first thing they saw was the corpse of a poor departed horse blocking the logging trail. Oh, my God. Which they named Dead Horse Road. <laughs> is that an omen? Um, yeah, I would think of it as an omen. Um, Scudder and Odom uh, looked on this place as their elegant mini castle. So they definitely loved this place. I mean, it was something that they envisioned. And they lived simply in this two-story home. They had a wood stove that provided heat, a chemical toilet that was their outhouse. Uh, They grew their own food. Uh, They had their own vineyard that they made homemade wine. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, they were just living off the land. The forest sanctuary was guarded by their two mastiffs, Beelzebub and Arsenath. Fucking awesome. <laughs> One name for a demon, the other an H.P. Lovecraft character. I like both of these guys. These, these two are characters. These guys are rad. They yeah. really are. I would have loved taste. to have these guys as neighbors. Yeah, yeah. they have style and taste. A uh, local legend adds that the pair also summoned a real demon to assist the dogs as guarding the home. Ooh, which demon? They don't say. They just said that local legend said that they had summoned a demon and the demon lived on the property. So it's got to be Cerberus, isn't it? If you're going to summon a demon dog from hell, you're, you're only going to summon Cerberus. But it doesn't say demon dog, just said demon. But maybe Cerberus would be good. Fittingly, Scudder and Odom also decorated corpse, corpse Wood Manor with various antique occult objects, uh, gothic paraphernalia, including the skulls that he had swiped, and they had this massive pink gargoyle that he had bought from his old mansion. Why is this describing our future house? Because I obviously need two human skulls for my diorama to create I, that. I think we should decorate the house with more skulls. No, there's a, we've got enough skulls at the minute, but I do need two humans. If there's anybody out there who can send me two human skulls, I'd be very grateful. Thank you could you. never have enough skulls. Um, Scudder thought him, thought Corpsewood Manor is more like a mausoleum, a tomb requiring care, cleaning, and endless costly repairs. And this guy was skilled. He really was a Renaissance man. He fashioned a stained glass window adorned with the prophet known as Baphomet. Oh my God, this guy is fucking awesome. I want to go for a party here. And he also had pentagrams painted on all the doors of his black Jeep. And in the catalogs and books and doors of the home. I think you can have too many skulls and you can have too many pentagrams. And I would Never. have been like, pair it back just a little because then when you next see a pentagram, it's going to have more impact on you. But too many pentagrams is a bit like, you know, you're just going to lose the significance of it inside the house. I don't know. Maybe it's like a mezuzah that Jews have on uh, the front door. It's like, got to have a pentagram. On every door. Well, that would probably Maybe. make sense. I don't know. Um, and while Scudder did take his satanism somewhat seriously he didn't worship satan he was a staunch atheist and he wanted to celebrate the base worldly pleasures that he and other church members felt were denied to them by the uh, abrahamic religions right i mean that's the thing that's the, yeah. the judaism and christianity it's all about denial of what you want to do because you either feel guilty or you think it's a sin whereas satanism just like do what you want to do have yeah. fun you only live once so the the pink gargoyle Overlooked the rose garden oh. that was tended to by uh, Odom. I guess I'm he was, moving here. He was a horticulturist, this guy. And beside the house was a three-story chicken house that they built. <gasps> the first floor was for the chickens and food storage. The second for canned goods and the couple's massive pornography collection. And the third was for their pink room, also known as the pleasure chamber and the buggery barn. I do like all of this, but I do feel bad that the chickens had to witness some horrible things that they probably didn't want to see. I would have personally had my chickens in another, a little chicken barn onto themselves where they can be free of filth. The chickens were on the first floor, though. They never knew what went on the buggery barn. I, they could hear it. Chickens aren't dumb. They They're probably lovely. had no idea. I mean, there's it's two floors up was the buggery. The boogery barn is I made that up. No, but they I did call, call it, it the they boogery. did call it their pink room and their pleasure chamber. It's the boogery barn. That's way better. <laughs> so uh Dr. Scudder spent six years at his dream home, Corpsewood Manor. He 
built it up. He dug, dug, dug the ditches and planted all the, uh, the, you know, the roses and their vegetables that they grew. And he cared for the land that was feeding him. And uh, Joey, you know, planned this rose garden. He enjoyed cooking on a wood stove. And they had made friends with a lot of the locals who uh, brought fruit uh, to be turned into uh, Dr. Scudder's homemade wine. Oh, wonderful. And, you know, he's a very gracious host. He even hosted someone's wedding in the rose garden. Oh, in the copsewood. Yeah, and he played harp from the gazebo (laughs) during the wedding. How beautiful is that? It's touching. It is very nice. The men quickly earned a reputation as the new-to-town strangers who dressed like hippies and drove a black Jeep with a pentagram painted on both sides. Um, Curious George, um, it's Tryon, Georgia, so they're called Tryonians, um, began making the drive up Mountain View Road to investigate this, their strange new neighbors. Because word must have traveled. I think you need to change the word investigate for they're taking Harass. their, they're taking their like forks. Their you know, torches. their pitchforks and <laughs> their torches. torches. <laughs> and they're just waiting for the right moment for them to be like, those two are homosexuals. Although they wouldn't sound like that. They'd be like, those two there are homosexuals. And then they're going to go in and slaughter them. Well, they, um, uh, Dr. Scudder used to wear black all the time. Love that. Who and uh, yeah, and so I think they saw these guys, guy with the purple hair driving the Jeep with the pentagrams. Pentagram. I'm sure they were curious. And word traveled. I mean, locals were like, yeah, these two weird guys that live in this weird house with the pink gargoyle. Change locals for yokels. Because I've lived in towns like this and I've been the local witch. I know exactly what it's like. Well, they should fear these people. Needless to say, they were curious. And so they began investigating. Um, the the, uh, the corpse would uh, manor. So at the entrance to the property, there's a wooden sign that greeted them with a warning, beware of the thing. Oh, I love which it. Which is probably a reference to the Adams family. Yeah. Um, some townspeople said this was evidence that Scudder had summoned a demon to guard the property called the thing. Others claimed to have seen robed figures holding seances in the woods. I bet they probably did. I bet the OTO was out there having fun. Well, the thing is, though, at this time, so 1978, 79, there were a lot of larger cultural forces which obviously fueled this local gossip. Think about it. AIDS yeah. was just, you know, AIDS and homosexuality in general were becoming uh, increasingly cr- common on like in newspaper headlines and, you know, evening news. Satanic, satanic panic, panic. Yeah. Was, uh, was definitely another uh, very common headline. Um, Dungeons and Dragons was created like a few years prior. Yeah. And that was causing wreaking havoc with local pastors, thinking that children were possessed by demons. Um, the movie The Exorcist, Poltergeist. Poltergeist just came out that um, that year, like in the, what was that, 81, 82? Yeah. So people definitely had a heightened awareness of, uh, of, of Satan and, uh, and definitely with AIDS. I mean, no one even understood what AIDS was. They yeah. just knew that homosexuals had it. So... Anyway, despite all the, uh, you know, uh, the, these rumors that were going around about uh, um, Dr. Scudder and, uh, and, and Odom, um, people, you know, people still would visit Corpsewood to marvel at the progress of its construction or to drink wine with them because uh, Scudder was like really convivial. He was a gracious host. He still wanted to hang out with people. Yeah, but he, this is what's going to get him into bother, I think, and he shouldn't. I would just be like, you know what? This is my sanctuary and you can come in and we'll barter goods, but I'm not going to like break bread with you. Like that's it. I think he was, you know, I think he wanted to make friends. He was an amicable guy. And I think he wanted to like, you know, 
learn more about his neighbors as well as like give, give them an opportunity to learn about himself and his companion. No. So he invited fear. people over. He hosted weddings. He played harp for people. You know, like uh, hosted parties for the locals. But despite all this, they still refer to them as the homosexual devil worshippers. Well, they are, though. Well, they are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's the thing. Uh, is, that's not too off track here. Um, so, Scudder and Odom, and this is kind of where the rumors really started to uh, go into uh, overdrive. Um, they like to invite guests over for wild sex parties in the pink room. In the boogery barn. The boogery barn. Right. Um, the pink room was filled with mattresses and candles, whips and chains, and even had a log book listing guests' sexual predilections. That's, that's what a good host should have, really. Like a swingers party event. I imagine they all know that. What's the orgy room? Yeah, exactly. Um, and while these sex acts were consensual, reportedly, uh, the pink room parties are the reason that on the night of December 12th, 1982... Corpsewood Manor turned into a bloody murder scene. As, as a quick aside, does it get cold in Georgia? The Appalachian Mountains, it gets cold, doesn't it? I think it, it must get kind of cold. I'm not sure. So, I mean, I would have been like, well, we went, we retired to the pink room to all cuddle together but for warmth because the, the property doesn't have heating. And we just have the chains so no one falls out of the pink room because it's on the third floor. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. And the whips keep the coyotes away. The whips keep your blood flowing to the surface so you're not shivering as much. With Scudder and Odom encouraging all their guests to indulge their every whim in a haze of sex and drugs, things are bound to implode. We're just going to get around. I know. Rumor, you know, the rumor mill must have been uh, going insane. You know what this, uh, total and aside... I'm not like a Disney person. I'm not a Disney freak. But do you know who I fucking love from Disney? Who? Garçon from Beauty and the Beast. How so? Why? Why? Because this just reminds me, Garçon is leading the mob right now with the pitchforks and the flaming torches to the buggery barn. And it's just totally him doing it. I can just see it in my mind. Well, I guess we're going to meet the character of Garçon in just one second. Because no one really knew how bloody... This would end up for, uh, for poor Dr. Scudder and Joey Odom. So 1982, this was uh, around like October, September 1982, a 17-year-old named Avery Brock wandered onto the Corpswood property. Gaston. He's That's Gaston. Yeah. Brock, who was an avid hunter from nearby Walker County, had lived a pretty hard life, this kid. According to Amy Petula, she was the author of uh, Corpswood Manor Murders of North Georgia, uh, Brock's father had kicked him out of his home at a young age, and he was homeless, uh, lived on people's couches, um, crashed in uh, people's campers, uh, and Scudder happily granted him permission to hunt on his land, because Scudder wasn't a hunter, and he's like, yeah, sure, you can hunt on my land. And over time, they became friends. Um, friends with benefits? Mm. Well, we'll find out. So after several visits to the Corpsewood property, Brock told his roommate, 30-year-old unemployed construction worker Tony West, all about these queer devil worshippers living up on the mountain. And at 30, West was much older than Brock, and he had had his own history of trouble. Throughout his teens and 20s, he had bounced between various jails and mental institutions. Uh-oh. Yeah, West wasn't a good guy. So Tryon, Georgia, in Chattooga County, was not a very exciting place in the 70s and 80s. Shithole, I think, is the word you're looking for. I imagine it's still the not very exciting to yeah. this day. 
Not much to do, is rather economically depressed, a lot of unemployment. Young people would tend to go riding for fun, which consisted of just driving around the area in their worn out cars with almost no money, looking for something resembling fun. That reminds me of Bay City, Michigan. Well, this is the town I grew up in as well. And this yeah. is why you get characters like Gaston, who just like fucking have never left town and never will. Well, they began to find their way up to uh, Dead Horse Road to the Devil Worshippers Castle, where Dr. Scudder would be pleasant and sometimes offer them homemade wine if they wanted to hang out. So that's the thing. This guy was a, was a gracious host, and I don't think he saw you know, people's evil inclinations. He should have, though, because these are just small-town yokels who, if they even get the slightest hint that you're gay, will beat the shit out of you. Well, I think Brock got a little more of a hint. Well, yeah. So he spent many occasions drinking their homemade wine, hanging out with them, and their relationship escalated. Uh, Brock may have become intimately involved with both men on numerous occasions. Others speculate that uh, Brock attempted to initiate a threesome with a couple, but was denied. Oh, okay. You can kind of picture that. He got a real purdy mouth, ain't he? Uh, yeah. You know, Deliverance was actually set in Georgia. Oh, is that where it's set? Yeah. Not- I've always wanted to read the book. And, and it was uh, shot not too far from uh, Rabin County, Georgia. You know, that was Burt Reynolds' comeback film. Was it? Yeah, because he'd been, I can't remember how he hurt his shoulder, but like he's got this huge scar on his back and he'd like ripped like ripped his shoulder and making another movie like years before. So Deliverance, they were all like, he's too old to play this role, you know, back then. And he's like 32 or something. And then he comes in looking like this absolute fucking hunk with a huge sexy shoulder scar. And then- Was that before or after Smokey and the Bandit? Smokey and the Bandit free. Smokey is the bandit. Um... It's before Smoking the Bandit Free. Oh, no, Smoking the Bandits. Sorry. I just go straight to Smoking the Bandit Free because it's my favorite. So Amy Petula does posit that uh, Brock had had sex, several sexual encounters with Scudder at Corsewood. Um, according to her, though, she said that West strongly objected to any kind of sexual, homosexual activity with that couple. Yeah. Though Brock may have invited it. And Brock may have also convinced West that he'd been taken advantage of. I bet by these he two homosexual devil worshippers. Even though he's probably gone there and been like quite happy. He's, you know what? He reminds me of kind of like Jack Kerouac. Like it's all right for him to get a really drunken blowjob off Atlan Ginsberg and William S. Burroughs every so often. But if you said to him, well, you're kind of gay, he would blow up and be like, I'm not gay. I'm not homosexual and just be like very against it. And that sounds like Brock to me. I think he was a closet redneck. Yes. I think so. And also an opportunist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Corpsewood murders are also told in sensitive detail by Daniel Ellis in his book Corpsewood, A True Crime Like No Other. So there's a couple of books written about uh, these particular murders. Nice. I don't have any of these. I'll have to pick them up for my library. So Scudder and Odom's relaxed demeanor and seemingly effortless existence. I mean, they just kind of hung out. They lived off the land. They kind of didn't need anything. I mean, they must have looked prosperous to someone like Brock or yeah. West. Um, so they had this uh, impression that they were wealthy and they were hiding their riches in the manor. In a safe, right. So Brock easily convinced criminal Tony West that this was their golden ticket and they hatched a plan to ambush and rob the, uh, the, the two men. So after hatching this plan, Brock's visits now, now kind of had more of a purpose. They kind of became reconnaissance missions. All right, John Holmes. So he was visiting the castle in the woods in an attempt to study the layout of the house. Unfortunately, though, 
the sexual encounters with Scudder and Odom were limited to the pink room, the buggery barn, and he was never granted to entry to the rest of the manor. So he really didn't know the rest of the house. That's clever. I, sw- I, I agree with that. Yeah, sex, buggeries only in the barn. Yeah, nobody's allowed to come inside our side. Gotta have rules. Yeah. Gotta have rules. So on the evening of December 12th, 1982, the plan was set in motion. Brock made a stomp at his mother's trailer to pick up a 22 caliber Remington automatic rifle, which he used for rabbit hunting. Uh, they then, uh, he then picked up West, and then they visited Joey Wells and offered to take him and his date, Teresa Hudgens, out joyriding. Because that's what you do. You go riding. West and Bronx suggested a visit to Corpsewood to drink some of their homemade wine. And so Joey was stoked. He's like, we're going to get free alcohol. I'm down. But Teresa was a little hesitant. She was like, I don't know if I really want to hang out with devil worshipers, especially homosexual devil worshipers. Uh-huh. Finally, they uh, convinced her it's going to be fun. And so she's like, all right, let's do it. So the four of them traveled through uh, Taylor Ridge, and then uh, through the, the through um, the, uh, the the Georgia hillside here over to Corpsewood sh- Manor. I'm sure it's not shitholy at all, and is very beautiful part of the world. Meanwhile, they're huffing a combination of paint thinner, alcohol, and glue, which they called Toodaloo. Toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap way to get high. You just take paint thinner, alcohol, and glue. Just put them all together on a rag. And huff it. Toodaloo. I was, I was talking about this today, actually, because we were watching an episode of, um, what is it, uh, Extreme Addictions, where she's addicted to gas sniffing and she dies at the age of 50 from huffing gas. But you have a moment in your teenage years where you huff, but then you have to grow out of it. And if you don't, you're brain retarded. Well, you yeah, it's like a holocaust stop. in the brain cells. Yeah, like... 13 to 14. That's when you sniff your glue. That's when you do your huffing. That's when you're doing your shit with like um, deodorant cans. And if you do it after the age of 14, you're all right. You're dumb. Yeah, I don't think it's a drug you can sustain. It's not like marijuana. No. One of my favorite films is called Citizen Roof, and it's got uh, Laura Dern, and she's a huffer, but she's fantastic. Is she a huffer like into her 30s? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's. That's also got Burt Reynolds in that film as well. I think... Um... I think ecstasy does the same thing. Eventually, you just become slow. Yeah. I mean, any drug used in excess, though, you got to be careful. You do. So uh, they showed up at Corpsewood Manor, high on toodaloo. Toodaloo. And uh, Charles Scudder here greeted them um, unannounced. I mean, they were unannounced. And he greeted them and was like, hey, why don't you, uh, they were just cleaning up after supper. He's like, hey, let's go up to the pink room and hang out. And so they had wine, and the gathering became kind of merry. They're listening to music. He busted out the harp. And then uh, after like uh, you know an hour or so, Brock was like, hey, I'm going to go get some more toodaloo. I'll be right back. And he came back with his rifle minutes later. And he sat on the mattress holding his rifle. And Charles Scudder looked at him, stifled a giggle, and went, bang, bang. <laughs> Which kind of reminds me of John Waters when he was in the Gay Simpsons episode. Yeah. Zap. Zap. Can um, you wait? As an, can you actually kill somebody with this type of rifle? Yeah, you, if you shot someone in the head with a twenty-two, you. Kill but if somebody. you sh- shot them in like the chest or the stomach, I think if you shot them multiple times, yeah, you're still have to a go bullet, it. especially at point-blank range. Right, right. Um, so Charles laughed about it, kind of amused. I mean, he was sort of drunk, and he's like, "Well, this is kind of funny." And then when uh, Scudder stood to adjust a lantern, Brock leapt into action. He grabbed the former pre- professor by the hair, slid a knife out from his boot. <gasps> and pressed it against Scudder's throat. He demanded money, and he tossed the professor onto the mattress. 
He then cut strips of pin cloth from the sheets, and he bound Scudder in his heavy coat. Wells and Hudgens were terrified. They had no idea that they were planning to rob these two men, so they ran down to the car, but they couldn't start the engine. And as they headed back to the pink room, they could hear Brock's desperate, angry demands. West stood up, handed Brock the rifle, um, and then he went down to go find Odom in the kitchen. Um, he looked up, and so Odom went down there, and Brock took the rifle, put it towards Odom's face, and then shot four rounds into him. Holy shit. So he's just shooting him without any... Didn't even say anything. He just shot Odom right in the what, kitchen. What a little cunt. And then even worse, he finished off the Mastiffs. <gasps> no, yeah. if we didn't already know he's evil. <laughs> Which never move from their comfortable spot beside the wood stove. Oh, they're the worst guard dogs ever, but bless them. Yeah, these, this, this guy sucks. So then Brock, after shooting Odom, returned to the pink room and he led Scudder back to the house. The professor was ushered into the house where the gruesome scene met his eyes. Tony West, Navy Brock, threatened and beat Dr. Scudder as they attempted to find out where the money was. They then ransacked the house and they made him step over the bodies of his deceased lover and beloved mastiffs. Could you imagine that? You know what this reminds me of? You know the murder of Ramon Navarro when these two kids who they say that they had all had sex together they came in and the way that um kenneth anger spins it is that he was beaten to death with a dildo and uh, a diamond and encrusted oh, yeah, dildo. he wasn't really they just beat him to death trying to find the money and they got like 20 dollars because he didn't have any fucking money well that's the thing i mean charles scudder said we have money but it's in a bank and we don't even have that much money yeah so there's nothing to get here um it didn't even matter they still let him down to the library pulled down the uh, gag in his mouth and um, sat him in the chair. And he stood one final time. One final time. He stood up and he shuffled in his bound feet towards his lover, um, oh. uh, Joey Odom's body. Uh, West demanded that he stop. And as he continued his slow movement, he, d- he looked at, uh, at Odom and he said, I asked for this. Aww. Which meant me, which I'm taking to mean that he took responsibility for letting these savages in his home for in the first place maybe because maybe like joey was like i don't want these people coming over like especially these kids who are high on hoof who are hoofers i don't want them in well joey might have been cautious about that's it, what i mean know? because like, joey you know, has street smarts well i think he's too. like you know we should take a level of caution because like, our lifestyle obviously isn't accepted here yeah whereas i think i mean i don't i don't want to say scudder was just oblivious Maybe. I think he's not a street smart and he's probably, you know, he's he's been around learned people. So he's not been around yokels. Whereas somebody like me who grew up around yokels, I instantly distrust, I just distrust yeah. people, which is what I think you should have a healthy level of distrust when you meet new people, especially. Especially rednecks. Especially. Red- and I wouldn't want kids who are huffing coming into my beautiful manor. It just never would have happened. So, I, well, yeah, I feel bad for him. Yeah, I just think, um, I think he was just kind of oblivious to the evil that he let into his home. Yeah. You know, and he was probably sheltered, yeah, as an academic and wealthy child growing up. Um, probably had no experience, you know, being robbed on the streets. Whereas Joey Odom had been in, like, you know, institutionalized yeah. a bit. Like, he'd been in and out of a couple of jails, so, you know, uh, prisons when he was younger. You know, so I think he probably did have more streets. He can recognize his kind. So as he, as he was saying his final words, West shot Scudder in the face, point blank. What a gun. Falling to his knees, he attempted to speak and stand. He fired again, sending him reeling backward into a bookcase. 
Um, Wes fired three more shots into Scudder's head then. Oh. So he like emptied the uh, the barrel into this guy's face. Yeah, and he's still alive. So it can't have been that powerful a rifle. They ransacked the house searching for the hidden fortune, and they left only with a handful of dimes and nickels, a couple pieces of jewelry, a gold-plated dagger, um, some silver candelabras, and uh, they had to leave the gold harp because it was too too heavy for them to carry. <laughs> Did they not at least try and set fire to the crime scene? No, they just left. Idiots. Absolute yeah. idiots. Set fire to the house at least. Come the fuck on. Uh, they planned to flee to Mexico. On what? Uh, they had a car. They So Brock and Wes just drove Scudder's Jeep. They took his Jeep. The well, pentagram Jeep. Here you go, idiots. You're in the world's most recognizable car. You have a couple of sil- silver candelabras that you're going to pawn. And that's it. And your grand plan is to go to Mexico. These two are idiots. Well, I don't... Yeah, I don't think they're the most intelligent criminals. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, genius criminal minds here. But yeah, they drove uh, the pentagram Jeep through the night, eventually pulling into a dimly lit rest stop outside Vicksburg, Mississippi, uh, where they decided to uh, maybe get another car that's a little less conspicuous. Right. Uh, So they noticed a guy named Kirby Key Phelps, a 26-year-old Navy lieutenant who had just graduated from Georgia Tech, sleeping behind the wheel of his Toyota. They forced him out of his car, and they led him into a grove of trees. And when he tried to escape, they West killed him too. Oh, poor guy. Right, yeah. wrong place, wrong time for old Kirby there. Yep. Um, afterwards, perhaps feeling remorseful, um, Brock ended up going to Georgia and he turned himself into police on uh, December 20th, 1982. And West did the same thing in Chattanooga, Tennessee on the 25th. Now, meanwhile, there was a manhunt for them because uh, one of um, Dr. Scudder and uh, Joey's friends, Raymond Williams, he visited Corpsewood a couple of days after the murder, and uh, he saw that um, there were bullet holes in the kitchen door Aww. and that the house was ransacked. So he immediately called the police. And those who searched the house that day described a crime scene unlike any other. Satanic statues, paintings, whips, chains, a woman's wig, pornography, vials of LSD, and human skulls. Are there photos? Could you imagine the media sensation? Yeah, I have a couple photos. I want to see some photos of this. And two dead dogs as well. And two dead dogs, yeah. I mean, could you imagine the uh, sensationalism here? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So after they had turned themselves in, there was a trial. And as the trial was going on, uh, Scudder and Odom were labeled as deviant devil worshippers. Homosexual devil worshippers. And being reclusive made them pretty easy targets for bigotry and hatred. And so while they did possess these occult items and these satanic artifacts, you know, people that knew them knew they weren't evil Satanists. They weren't, you know, invoking Satan, having devil-worshipping rituals. I think they just, I think people, you know, rednecks in Georgia just didn't understand that, couldn't comprehend it. It was the Bible Bell, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. It's, you know, it's the South. Uh, The Atlanta Constitution newspaper um, in Atlanta, Georgia seized on uh, the details when they reported the bizarre killing of two reclusive devil worshippers and their, quote, homosexual activity. And they noted the discovery of these unusual sexual devices throughout the home. And the details of the case propelled Corpsewood Manor into national news. Uh, there are newspapers in Sacramento, Tucson, you know, Billings, Montana, and Chicago just reprinting the gory details in the crime scene photos. And so a couple days after Christmas... The same newspaper, the Atlanta Constitution, reported on the arrest of the second suspect in the killings, uh, Tony West. 
Uh, but they seem more interested in villainizing the victims, offering the most dramatic, this is a very dramatic description of the case. Scudder and Odom were described by authorities as homosexual devil worshippers who lived in a dank castle-like home cluttered with skulls, pornographic materials, an extensive occult library, and statues of Satan, serpents, lizards, and frogs. That's what they're going to say about our house, but it'll be like an porcelain zoo. They'll say a porcelain zoo and all the skulls that I have in my, uh, my curio cabinet. Yeah. So the defense attorneys... They, they went an interesting route here. I think this is kind of, I can understand them going this way, you know, just because you, you got to think of like these two guys obviously murdered these people at point blank range. So what are you going to say to try to convince a jury that they were compelled to do this? Um, that they had been sexually molesting them. They said that. And they also said that the two murderers uh, gave them wine laced with LSD. Yeah. You could say that now. So they, they were went, temporarily went insane. Yeah when this attack happened. But there's forensic evidence, you know, they look, forensic analysis of the wine revealed no traces of LSD. And yeah, there were vials of LSD that were found in a cigar box on Scudder's desk, but they were old. And they were mostly like test samples from some of the experiments that he did when, uh, when he was a pharma- what you know, to pharmacologist. What happened to all the, the vials he took, though? You know, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, I mean, I'm sure the police must have confiscated it. Yeah, but do you think maybe he sold because that's good money? He was maybe selling them to keep keep afloat. No, I don't. You know, I think I don't think they were. I think they were living, you know, very conservatively, just growing their own food off the off the land. I think maybe they might have had acid sex parties or something like that. He probably knew how to dose people. Yeah, it was probably the best acid as well. Yeah, because it was homemade. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Um, But I think a lot of the vials that they found, though were like empty or old vials that, that he had had. Yeah. You know? Um, plus, I mean, he was a, a, a professor of pharmacology. I mean, that was his, he studied making LSD. So these were samples that he had created. You know, it's not like he was running some kind of LSD lab. If only. <laughs> so according to case material here, West, Tony West claimed the murders were an act of revenge for the embarrass- embarrassment suffered by Brock when he, was, when he allowed Dr. Scudder to perform oral sex on him during an earlier visit. So he claimed that, they, that uh, the two homosexuals forced themselves on this poor young kid. Yeah, right. Uh, his attorneys also claimed that Scudder had bewitched their <laughs> clients who had seen Scudder's golden harp pulsing with an evil glow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So throughout the trial, West's attorneys just made these like homophobic insinuations the whole time, which obviously played to the jury's prejudice. Well, I mean, this is also not a jury of like your peers either. This is a jury of ninety early nineteen eighties Georgians who yeah. all would have been like Rednecks. those homosexuals. God fearing Georgians. They worship Satan. That's exactly what they're going to be like. So I can already imagine what this fucking verdict is going to be. Well, you just need, I mean, they just need to feed into the paranoia and the deep-seated prejudice of the members of the jury. And because Scudder was a Satanist and openly gay, you know, bigoted rumors have been circulating about him and Odom, like, before and after their deaths in that area. Um, So Brock ended up attempting suicide in jail. Right. Well, I wonder why. I think because a lot of mixed feelings coming out. Because remorse. There's guilt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of mixed feelings. At the trial, he was found guilty on all counts and sentenced to three consecutive life terms. Oh, right. That's shocking because I thought they were going to get a too. lot less. He's currently serving his sentence in Georgia State Prison. Okay. Um, 
Samuel Tony West was convicted of double homicide and sentenced to die in the electric chair. Uh, the death sentence was repealed, and he's currently serving out his life sentence at Augusta State Medical Prison. All right. All right. So, so he's in the nut house. Both of them got life sentences. Yeah, but he's he's in Augusta Medical, so he's in a nut house. I don't know if that's a mental institution. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone back to the nut house. But, I mean, I might write to Brock randomly. Yeah, find out. Um, there's a small private funeral ceremony held at Cor- Corpsewood. Odom's ashes were scattered in the Rose Garden, and Scudder's body was sent home to Milwaukee at the request of his sister. Okay, we're going to go and visit his grave one day. It's on the list now. There's a lot of uh, murder victims buried in Milwaukee as well. A lot of police officers reported that uh, during the investigation, they felt that they were being watched Uh by this strange presence at Corpsewood. And people, as I said before, who took souvenirs from the the crime scene uh, reported bad luck. And felt the objects were cursed, so they brought them back. Oh, and left them back at Corpswood Manor. Yeah. And even today, people visiting the site report shadows and apparitions believed to be Odom and Scudder. Gunshots, barking dogs, and shattering glass, as well as the haunting melodies played on the golden harp, have been heard there. We should go. I want to go. But I feel because we're friends to, uh, to them both, to Joey and Scudder, that it, we would have a good time there. I'd be scared of this. After nightfall, some witnesses have claimed to see the glowing eyes of Beelzebub, one of his mastiffs staring at them from the woods. I'd be like, come on, Papa. Come on. What are you doing over there? I am the gatekeeper. You are the key master. <laughs> oh, I was about to say it's Zool. <laughs> so in the wake of the murders, LaVey was very upset about what happened to Scudder and Odom and the injustice of what happened to them. Uh, he viewed the double homicide as proof that there are still parts of the U.S. where eccentric individuals could be attacked for just having abnormal beliefs, you know, living a life that's not normal, considered normal. Um, And then you got to think about the, the, you know, Scudder's final words, you know, this, I asked for this, like, was he implying that he's befriended the wrong people and invited them into his home or even saying like, I took my my lover, my partner, the love of my life here, and brought him to this intolerant area of the world. Yeah, I mean, it's very sad last words because it's just wrapped with guilt, isn't well, it? I think he took responsibility for what happened. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too, months before the incident, it was reported in uh, Amy Petula's book that Scudder painted a self-portrait that implies he may have had a premonition of his own death. In the painting, he's gagged and he had five bullet wounds. Where's this painting now and how can I buy it? I'm not sure, but I mean, that does sound like a premonition because that's know, what happened. But I would want that painting so badly. What a weird thing to paint, though. Of yourself? Well, I don't like, know. Like, he would have had this vision. Did it come to him in a dream? Maybe it did, yeah. Did Satan give it to him? Maybe, but if it was Satan, wouldn't you be like, all right, my dark lord, um, <laughs> I've heard your call. I'll get the fuck out. I'm going back to Chai Town. So a lot of this information I found about this story was actually from the Church of Satan website. There's an article on it. Fantastic. I also read a pretty cool article on, uh, in the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, so this is a quote here from this article on the Church of Satan site. Charles Scudder and Joey Adam were different. They were outsiders. They're murderers, and many of those who, who weighed in afterward, vilifying the victims as devils deserving of their fate. Uh, These lifelong losers whose low rung in life had definitely been their own doing were nevertheless confident they were somehow better 
than these two weirdos from the big city mm-hmm. who had only come to Georgia for peace and the appeal of its natural beauty. This is a cautionary tale for every Satanist. Walk among them, but never forget you are not of them. It's right. Magistra Peggy Nadramia, high priestess of the Church of Satan. Bless her. But I mean, it is like when you're a goth, isn't it? You are different to everyone else. Yeah, and I think you should be aware of that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I feel times are different now, especially for like the TikTok generation. Like I was, people shouted like Grebo at me. Like the townies would be like, Grebo, as you walk past. And you'd be like, fuck off. Grebo just means goth. Yeah. Like weirdo. It, well, yeah, in the North, it kind of means like dirty and washed goth. But it was definitely a rivalry. And you were just like, townies are fucking dumb and we hate them. And they'd be like calling you Grebo because you're different and that you're not a townie. I mean, I I had bottles thrown at me when I had dreads (laughs) in in Michigan. Yeah, and I don't think that happens nowadays because, like, the world is is a lot more kind of connected, especially because of TikTok. I think it probably does happen in some rural areas, but yeah, I think it's probably. I think people are more aware now. Yeah, but at the same time, I think you should always be sensitive to your surroundings. I think you should. I would never trust anybody. Oh, I would until they gave me a reason to trust them. I would never let anyone but like maybe five people into my house like especially with like my bunker I think maybe five people knew where I lived and that's how I liked it I think Dr. Scudder was was a you know a a gracious you know loving man who 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 loved life and I think he trusted people to you know to his detriment I think that's what happened I mean I don't know if that's the cautionary tale don't trust people it is the cautionary (laughs) tale but I think you do need to be careful yeah um and uh, yeah, obviously you didn't deserve what happened. But there's still, you know, people still have rumors about these two homosexual devil worshippers in that area of uh, area of Georgia. I would love to know if anyone's been there. Yeah, actually, um, is Atheist Preacher from that area originally? No, no. He's Flo- Floridian. Oh, he's for- oh, okay, he's from Florida. Oh, no, he, no, I think he but lives Georgia, in Florida now, but he's Virginia. He's Georgia's not Virginia. too far Um uh, from Florida, it's just north of it. But yeah, I'd like to know if anybody's actually ever been to uh, Corsewood Manor. Yeah, I it's, actually, it's definitely uh, on my list now. I want to check it out. I have somebody I'm going to ask to go for us. Uh, people, this episode nine seventeen here is sticking on. Got some phone calls coming up next. Three two three five two two four zero three two is that number. But first, here's a quick message from Adam and Eve. What do you do? When you're at a family reunion or Thanksgiving, you got a raging boner that won't go away and you're considering fucking your grandmother. You go to Adam and Eve, of course, and you buy a jerk-off sleeve, you know, dildo, uh, pocket pussy, something of that nature, so you can go in the bathroom and just take care of that raging boner before you have to bend over your grandma at the table and just fuck her. So go to adamandeve.com and type in the code diddle. That's what grandpa used to do to your dad. Talk to you later. Bye. So we got a couple of phone calls to get to here. 323-522-4032 is that number. Or you can email us, sickerhomepodcast at gmail.com. Just send us an MP3. Um, we're getting really short on our phone calls, so we need to build up the backlogs. So give us a call. If you call us if you call us soon, like this week, 
You might get in for the uh, the Halloween show. Nice. Which is going to be uh, we have a Halloween special next week that um, I want to like. I don't, I don't want to talk up too much, but uh, we we plan this one out. And uh, we contact a very special person. We put do. It that way. On a special person on the other side. On the other side. And it was very successful. Kate and I travel through the astral plane to the other side to contact this very special person. <laughs> Emphasis on special. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, do, you don't want to miss that. And if you want to be a part of it, just give us a call. 323-522-4032 and share your spooky stories. Um this next call, I wouldn't say is, well, I don't know if it's spooky for you, but it's definitely very spooky for me. It's the Epic Farter calling in about his vasectomy. Ah, <laughs> oh, Dean Kate, Epic Farter here. So I'm sat by the lake and I just recorded the bit about the nutting and I thought I'd ring up and say what happened on my vasectomy. So because my ex-wife was sort of bullying me into having kids, I decided that I was going to have mine done. Um, she didn't really say no or try and stop me, but I could. she wasn't happy, so I kind of... Wait, wait, she was bullying him to have more kids? Yeah, maybe, but don't let anyone bully you into having children. Well, I told you about my... I had this one friend, I'm not, he's going to remain nameless, but I, his wife, they had a kid... He didn't want to have any others. She wanted to have another one. So he just went out and got a vasectomy. It didn't tell her. That's so kind they, of bad. They had been trying for like a year and it wasn't happening. Oh, shit. This marriage is doomed. <laughs> and so he eventually came clean. And he told her what happened. And so she's like, you got to reverse it now. So she forced him to get a reversal of the vasectomy, which is a very costly procedure here in the U.S., but a little cheaper in Mexico. So he went down there. To Mexico to get the reversal done. Why? And I don't think it worked. Yeah, I don't think it did either. And I wouldn't put my balls in the hands of Mexican doctors. I couldn't believe he did that. I was like, you are an insane person. Um, but didn't save the marriage. I w- well, I would have been like, look, honey, it's done now. I don't want any more kids. The foot has come down. The foot is coming down on this. We have a perfect child. Our life is already shit because we have a child. It's not going to get any better having another kid. The foot is down. We can adopt. Well, I think she was like, or I can get divorced and go find a guy who's going to give me another kid. I was thinking about this the other day. I only know like maybe three, three or four people who've had kids who are still genuinely happy. The rest, all unhappy. How could you be happy with this financial burden, financial and emotional burden? Because the people who've taken the time and care to have children are also with partners that they actually like. The most people who are unhappy with in their relationships have a kid and think it's going to fucking fix things. It still causes a lot of stress. Well, and it's strain. worse. It makes it fucking yeah. worse. And now you've brought another soul into this to just like to fuck around with. It's like people don't think. In, um, got my dad to take me, which he found hilarious, and uh, <laughs> I think he really enjoyed the fact that I was in pain. It's a weird father-son bonding uh, moment. I went and had it done. I did what the other guy said. You get to go and change you take off your clothes the bottom half and they give you some sort of like they give me some sort of like robe which you know like a normal hospital robe which just covers up your your front and leaves your ass out um went into the the surgery room and there was a doctor there and a lady as well um he told me that she was a student nurse and was she okay to to take part in the operation no um 
she was he cool. just got a boner. He's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> they always throw that at you, like where they just bring in the students and then they're like, is it okay if she stays here? Because British people are so nice. You're never going to go, no, I don't want to hear. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, it's totally fine. I would be like, as long as she's the one that touches my junk. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got your toxic masculinity hat on right now? I'm just, I'm just being real with you. <laughs> but actually, so I said, yeah. Um, I won't lie, I did get a bit of a chub on. See? Um, it's probably good, though, because it didn't last long and it shrunk into what looked like a scared tortoise. <laughs> Um, he put the old diadine on and the what? cupped my balls iodine. and got a needle out and he said he's going to make a couple of um, injections. Oof. I didn't know that it was going to be, but whether they were or not, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he put an injection in each bollock. Oh, so in each bollock? In each bollock. It felt like someone was driving a hot nail into each gonad. Ah. And while he did it, he said to the student nurse... I always cut the balls, he said, because then I know not to go straight through. To which, obviously, I would cringe like fuck. He told me to... This guy's a fucking butcher, not a doctor. CNHS, no, I'm, I'm, like, freaking out over here. It's like Victorian Britain. My thing's not even a tortoise. It's, like, retracted into my body. God. This is, see, this, this is horrifying. Like, going to the Reign of Terror haunted house, I'm fine with that. This is horrifying. They should have like a vasectomy room. Oh, well, I think the two gays. It was the level above the bubbery room was the vasectomy room. Count the footprints on the ceiling. There was a, a sandy scene of a desert with a um, camel on it and it had a big truck. Wait, 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 wait. Are you lying back on your back? Guess, what did you think? Did you think your balls would be in the doctor's mouth? I thought you were standing and the doctor's just on a chair and he's just like going Why would in you there. be standing? Is, you fought you, vasectomies where you stood up. For some reason, I thought you were stood up. I didn't think you were laying. Are you in stirrups? I think you might be in stirrups, yeah. Epic farty, you have to call in. Let me know if you're in stirrups. I can't believe you thought you would be stood up while they did this delicate operation where they're shooting a laser inside of your ball sack to I figured they would just like you'd be standing there and the doctor would just kind of grab your nuts and just go, you know, injection, injection, cut, cut, done. No, D. No. I didn't know you had to be laying in your back on stirrups. Yeah, and you jumped out. It's even worse. Prince, so I was counting them trying to stop, stop it, sort of taking over my brain. Um,. Once he'd done that, he actually made an incision with a scalpel, pulled out my tubes Ugh. in turn, cut them, and then did, did you that feel cauterizing it? thing with, well, it, it felt like it was a soldering iron, man, and, and, and all I could smell, you know when you burn your, your uh, hairs on the back of your knuckle? That's what it felt like. It smells like Auschwitz. God, that'd be terrible. <laughs> oh that'd be terrible. I'd never be able to get that smell out of my fucking brain. Well, what's better? Do you just want this like moment of horror or do you want a child? Uh, you know, I, I obviously don't want a child, but I would like the cream pie. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> you're so gross. <laughs> so I guess I got I I to get my tubes cut. Well, I don't know who you're going to be cream pieing because it's not me. <laughs> Maybe the hottie across the way. You leave hot puss alone. <laughs> you're going to get rumbled glaring at her and I won't get hot puss action anymore. But it smelled like and it stunk and i didn't get uh, any stitches i just got a plaster stuck on it and uh, oh, off i went it? and my dad drove me down some bumpy roads on the way back and laughed <laughs> his tits off 
Love you, bye. Did you fart at all? (laughs) I imagine there must have been some nervous farting going on. What, where it reverberate around your balls? Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it... Well, because they they probably should have given some kind of, like, closed, like, you know... uh, some, they should have closed the back door, though, you know, because like he's wearing a robe. The ass is completely open to the be, world. I'd be worried about that with Epic Fire. Maybe get like a charcoal filter for the back. Yeah, I would have something. been worried about that, too. You know, I think I played these out of order because uh, he had called in talking about, about something first. So anyway, I think they both I, th- I don't think the order is really uh, that consequential here. But so here's part two. Ah, D and Kate. Epic Father here. I'm just listening to 904. I'm doing a bit of a catch-up at the moment. Um, Kate's seen that um, I've had a couple of operations on my back, so I'm sort of recovering. I've finally made it back out fishing again, which is great. Yeah, I heard about that. He, like, it's like sciatica or something. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, I just always associate sciatica with pregnant ladies, so it's just so weird that Epic Vardy would have sciatica. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he'd had um, a spinal injury, I guess. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, you, you, I think as you get older, you, you just start fucking your back up. Yeah, that's and true. I heard my back the other day. It lasted like a week. Yeah, where did that even come from? I have no idea. I yeah. woke up, just woke happens. up one day, and I was like, God, my back fucking hurts. Every time I lifted my right leg, it was like a jolt of pain through that right side of my body. And now it's fine. It's gone away. I think the only thing that's, I'm not that age yet, but like getting tendonitis was weird, but that was just through like years of drudgery. Well, and repetitive motion. Like you you did the same thing over and over over and over again for like years upon years. But I've heard, you know, Big Jair actually, um, this is just terrifying. I never even thought this could even happen. He woke, when he was a kid, he was like 14 or something. um, He woke up screaming in the middle of the night. His testicles had become twisted. He got testicular torsion. Right. His testicles just in the middle of the night, just twisted. And he said it was like such an immense pain. Like he woke up crying and screaming. How and did they, they just the, twist though? I don't know. It can happen when you're sleeping. Okay. It just happened. And so the, he had to take him to the doctors. Doctors had to like, didn't do an operation. Uh, did, they might have actually Ugh. done some kind of operation. And just like, what well, I would have just like flicked them. And just then in my mind, the other way. just would have like, <laughs> like boop, 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 boop. I don't know, but he said it was like the worst pain he's had. I bet it would have been Ugh. horrible. And I'm going back to work next week. But what oh, good made me call in was the fact that you're talking about um, vasectomy. And I've had it done. Um, but I will bring back and explain what happened when I had mine done. But the first... Co- okay, I guess these are out of order. <laughs> We've heard the story. <laughs> we heard the story. Or thing I wanted to raise to you was nobody said anything about what happens after like as in when you first blow your wad oh Um, yeah that's true i won't lie i was petrified because i didn't know what was going to happen they didn't say to me what was going to happen well don't you have to wait like a week i had questions about this though because i especially wanted ladies um who are like you know partners of men who'd had it done to ring in and tell me because i'm convinced that the cum changes like flavor and consistency? I think flavor and consistency of the cum must change because there's no longer like, to me, the sperm is probably what makes makes. Is that the tastiest bit? It probably is the tastiest (laughs) bit. And the sperm are like, you know, bringing all the nutrients. So I wonder if it just tastes like like mucus. Well, it already does taste like mucus if you've got the worst diet ever. But (laughs) I mean, if it it just tastes like a kind of a liquid. It'll be more runnier and it'll have less less of that spunky taste, I think. 
It probably tastes like snot. And I think it'll be clearer. No, it doesn't taste like snot. It probably does. Once and how you do get... you know what ta- snot tastes like? How do you know? Well, because you taste it. How do you know it? what when cum like... tastes like? Well, I don't know about cum. See, but I I'm do. just I'm assuming, though, once you take the cum part out of cum, it's just like a gelatinous liquid. It's only right. I've only had a few boyfriends, and usually it's been with smokers, where it's very mucusy. And it's gross. But if you don't smoke, then it's not very, it's more like liquidy anyways. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. But when you get the, the operation done, don't you have to wait like a week before you can uh, Yeah, wake? you must do. You must think, have to. I think you have to like wait for everything to heal. But once you've done that though, then you got to wank like two or three times a day. Yeah. Was it driver saying you have to, you have 30 days of wanks? Well, because they want to make sure that, uh, that no everything's left. working. That there's no sperms. I think you have to keep wanking and then you send them samples. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully she's got some yoga pants on. Stop talking about my hot purse like a... I didn't know whether just some air was going to come out, some dust or or what. Um, but some party streamers. That anticipation <laughs> the first time you nut afterwards because you don't know whether it's going to hurt. Nothing. Um, because you've been putting up with pain in your nutsack for like a week or whatever uh, it is, you're thinking, fuck, what's going to happen when I nut? So what happened? It might take a while, um, but knowing you and your porn search history, you've probably got some on backup ready for um, getting you going. I but, got my uh, bookmarks. But yeah, just something to think about, mate. And I got a hole across the way. She's my hole. What's going to happen? Is it going to hurt? What's going to come out? Um, but yeah, I thought I'd like, plant that little seed with so you. So what happened? Was, what it, did, was what it normal? Came out? Yeah. Um, I'll ring back with an update on my back. Um, but yeah, take care of yourself, guys. Love you. Sorry I missed you in London. Bye. This is very anticlimactic here. Now, we, now we, do, we want to know what happened. I still want to know. Like, the cum must change. Did you notice how many times he got called? Like, oh, he's getting pings. calls. He's yeah, getting, he's getting yeah, pings. He's, getting he's a hot, popular guy. He's getting some hot puss action of his What's own. What's going on? Is that a, yeah. is those like Tinder dates there, Epic Father? <laughs> he's he's getting, got like, a new lady friend. Yeah, well, I mean, it, she's uh, she's, she's definitely calling him. Oh yeah, she wants to get some of that that vasectomy cum. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that vasectomy cum. <laughs> Sounds like it. Well, uh, Epic Farter, thanks for ringing in and uh, giving me nightmares. Um, I'm glad glad to hear that your back is healed up and you're Same. able to go back to work and and definitely back to to fishing and farting. <laughs> That's good. Anyway. Uh, People call the Sigron Hotline, 323-522-4032. We got an email that came into uh, gmail.com. Uh, this guy's uh, named Algernon Prostate. I'm sure that's his, his real Christian name. I really hope, I really do hope it is. Uh, he writes, Gonads, this week's show got me thinking about when I used to uh, work for a home for the learning disabled, in parentheses, rotundos. Thank you. Thanks for that. Uh, there were uh, some brilliant ones in there. One who called everyone Helen. One who used to <laughs> smear shit on the toilet walls and such. Once we were sitting down to dinner when I felt something on top of my head. Oh, no. And I realized a girl was licking my bald spot. Oh, my God. It was the most entertaining job I ever had. I'm not sure if I should have been watching them or been one of them, though. Yeah, I guess it's a fine line. It's a I fine think there line. is. Helen. Um, also, cable like this. When I was younger, I used to hang out with uh, Blake Fielder Civil. No way. Who went on to marry Amy Winehouse. He was a bit of a knob, but a good laugh. Yeah. 
I recall uh, being sat outside a pub with us feeding triangle Mitsubishis into each other's mouths. I think we got to four each. I ended up with bad double vision that night. Once we were playing spin the bottle and he got dared to give me a blowjob, but I couldn't get it up and wouldn't have let the daft bastard anyway. <laughs> Hi-ho, smegma, Algernon prostate. That would have been uh, amazing if he'd have been, well, I suppose then Amy would be your custard sister because you both would have had Blake's, uh, Blake would have had your dick in his mouth. No, how would that have worked? I don't know. Like, would you be he's custard like, he's siblings? Just a, he's a custard, custard siblings. siblings. He's custard yeah. siblings of Amy Winehouse. Which, like, that would have been fun. Yeah, that'd been kind of cool. I'm assuming he probably would have caught something, though. From Blake. From oh, one yeah. of them. From either one. Who knows? Um, but what, so wait, what happened to this Blake Fielder civil guy? What? what? Do you not know anything about Amy Winehouse? No, I, mean, I, don't, I don't really know that much. Did they, obviously, she died. Does right, he here's have my her two, fortune? No, no. Here's my two bits on Blake. It's like he's saying he's a knob, but he's a good laugh, right? And I think Amy Winehouse would have fucking taken heroin with or without Blake being in her life. But she got clean, they divorced. And then oh, Amy... Oh, they got divorced in, after she got clean. Well, kind of. They both were just like, we're fucking awful for each other. And he went to jail too. What did he go to jail for? It was like something weird, like entrapment. Weird. Or like trying to sell something to a policeman. And it was entrapment. Hmm. But... She then ends up going out with this fucking cunt called Reg. Like, Amy Winehouse had the worst taste in men. She just liked all these fucking dodgy losers. Reg, who's, like, ended up, like, trying to uh, sexually assault a girl. He was Ugh. a film director. Yeah, Amy liked horrible people, and then she died. So Blake's since got remarried, and he occasionally pops up, you know, every year around the anniversary to talk about how much he loves her. Hmm. So I wonder if uh, Algernon has any contact with Blake. Well, maybe, maybe for knocking around, like maybe if you saw him. But I would also like to say this is a great email because it takes me back to my youth too because those triangular mitzies were my childhood. I've done Mitsubishi turbos too. Just that the little triangle yeah. shape, yeah. Well, for some reason, I want to say they were like pink, but I don't quite remember. What color no, mine, mine was, no, just white. Were they just white? Yeah, maybe they, no, had, sometimes you would get little specks. Like, remember, you would get, like, little blue specks in them, and you'd be like, that's got volume in, that's got I've volume. Only, I only did them one time when, uh, the first time I went to Europe, that was like, well, first time I went to Europe as an adult, is, uh, was it, like, 1999 with Kessler? Oh, that's, and, that's the age of the mid Yeah, and Kessler had been at Oxford taking, like, a summer class. Ooh, and, uh, yeah, and he came da. over and met us in Amsterdam, and he brought, like, fucking six Mitzi Turbo's just over the plane, just in his pocket. That would have been fine to take six. Well, I, don't I think know if you would have. Caught. I, I would have put them in I like a paracetamol. He just had them in his jeans, just in his pocket, in his jeans, in like a plastic. Well, that's dodgy, Casper. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. And so I had never heard of it before. And they were some of the best ecstasy I think I've ever had. They just don't make them like that anymore. Yeah. They don't even put ecstasy oh, in ecstasy so anymore. Was yeah, so good. I, I we were the last wave to get really good ecstasy, and I, then it went away. I couldn't imagine taking four at once, though. Oh, we used to. We used to double drop, and like and we did two, but four, we would double I would have been four. Fucked. And like I remember the most I ever took. I'm not bragging here because I'm certainly ashamed of it because I was like 16. And I've probably ruined. I like I could have cured cancer by now if I hadn't been doing all this stupid shit. Doubt but I took maybe. like 10 in one night once. <laughs> fucking retarded. Yeah, that can cause brain damage. And then we would go back and we would crush up because this is how like you could get all these pills. You could, we would crush them up and we would like put it into a joint and we would fucking smoke pills. Yeah, we did that too. But isn't that kind of a waste? 
it is a waste. Yeah. But when you're that wrecked, you still want more pills. It was just like, and your jaw would be fucking off. Just wired. Yeah. Your water. eyes, you'd be doing that. Oh. Fuck it. Oh. But they were good. Do they even make Mitzi's anymore? There was, I remember when I started to peter out on the Mitzi's, there was like, it, they were harder to get hold of. And then they kind of got taken over by Supermans. They would like, they went over the North. We had a lot of Supermans. And then, yeah, I've never seen, I would never take a pill form of ecstasy ever again because they are a hundred percent speed. There's no ecstasy in them. And even Molly nowadays isn't as strong. I remember when MDMA first hit and oh, became yeah. super popular so and you would get the big fucking chunks of crystals and you had to proper chop it up. I've never seen MDMA like that now. Now it comes like a powder and you know it's just been stepped on 200 million thousand times. I don't think I've had uh, Mitzi in the States. What was the ecstasy here then? It was just X. It was just X. Yeah. Oh, right. So I don't recall it being, I don't recall it having a brand name. They all had like different stamps on them. Yeah, they had different symbols. We had Hello Kitties. I remember Hello Kitties were kind of weak and you had to take a lot of Hello Kitties. I don't remember actually. Well, we just call it ecstasy. Yeah, maybe it was just a fit because you would pay more for Mitzi's. Like Mitzi's would always be a five or a pill. Whereas like your Supermans or your Kitties, they would be like two or three quid. I always remembered ecstasy was more expensive, like at least 20 bucks. It was like that in the proper 90s. I yeah. remember when I got that disco biscuit for my 16th birthday. That was like 20, 30 quid. Well, acid was only like five bucks usually. Well, acid is impossible to get in Britain. Oh my God. I didn't take oh, acid until I was acid. in my early 20s. You can still get acid here. Like yeah. I know people have acid. I just, I just don't have any interest in taking it. <laughs> my favorite drug. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks to all the listeners who support us on Patreon. We do appreciate you helping us keep it sick and wrong every week. Um, sign up today, support the show, patreon.com slash sickandwrong, or subscribe to The Second Show via Apple Podcasts. And if you want to buy some merch, we get some uh, some rad Sick and Wrong tea designs at the uh, tea Public store, sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. And finally, here's Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. Algernon actually had a request. Uh, he said, can you please play some trip hop for the Song of the Week? I'd really like to hear you play some Dr. Octagon Blue Flowers, or some tricky, hell is around the corner, It'd make a good change. Uh, Dr. Octagon also did a track, a visit to the gynecologist. It's pretty sick and wrong. Thanks for all the years of crafting. I've got gradually stupider and stupider as I've listened over the years, and now I'm basically a monkey. Thanks a lot, Algernon. You know, that's happened to all of our listeners. I think it should after. And the hosts. <laughs> yeah, if you spend 16 years of your life listening to the same listening podcast. To this, yeah. yeah, I think something should happen to you. You deserve it. <laughs> you know, I kind of forgot about Tricky. Um, I used to play, God, I used to play this music all the time when I worked as a strip club DJ. Yeah. Massive Attack. Usually not for like both songs. You'd usually play something a little heavier, like a Marilyn Manson song, and then you'd slide, slide into like into... Hell is Around the Corner, I think which the only... is a great song to see a girl strip to. I think the only trip hop I even vaguely like is Sneaker Pimps. I think that's it. Yeah, they were good. They're, I don't know if they're trip hop. They're more like electronic. Maybe. I just hate rock trip kind hop of. in general. Massive Attack are like one of the worst bands ever for me. I didn't mind them. I, I developed an appreciation for them. Uh, when well, that's because you associate club. them with titties. That's why. Maybe. Yeah. Dr. Octagon, though, I've always loved Cool Keith. And uh, Dr. Octagon, that whole album is, uh, is amazing. And that visit to the gynecologist is a great song. So, um, you know, he's, he's about to play here. I might go check him out. But I've heard that his shows aren't that great these days. Well, you're not taking me because I've already seen two <laughs> terrible shows this week. You have you. no appreciation for good metal. 
Anyway, we're going to end the show here with Tricky's Hell is Around the Corner from uh, his, his album Max and Quay, which came out in 1995. Thank you, Algernon, for, uh, for requesting that. Uh, people will be back next week with episode 918. Till then, take it sleazy. For my family, we're hungry, beware of our appetite. Distant drums ringing views of a kill tonight. The kill which I share with my passengers. We take our fill, take our fill, take our fill. I stand firm for a sword. Liquor I come for. Different memories, details of Asian remedies, conversations of what should become of enemies. My brain thinks bomb like, so I listen. He's a calm kind. And as I grow, I grow collective. Before the move, sit on the perspective. Mr. Quay in the crevice, and watches from the precipice. Your passage Heat from the sun Someday slowly passes Until then You have to live with yourself Until then You have to live with yourself I stand firm for a soil Liquor I come for Dress me up and still see Hands round the corner where I shelter Living in schisms We're living on a skelter If you believe I deceive The common sense says you will not see I got a lot of, I got hairy legs. 
that turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight, and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap, and I've loved kids jumping on my lap.